in today's show. Let's look ahead to the games on Saturday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Basketball is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than a place to get tasty, affordable food. It is an unofficial community center. Big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Thank you for also making the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's talk about Saturday's games. We've got eight games to talk about. So let's have a look at what we are what we're looking for, what we're waiting for, what we're watching for, maybe just to tie into the name of the show. Let's start it off with the Hawks and the Cavs. DeAndre Hunter, I thought was really, really good defensively in that opener against Dallas with some nice blocks. Offensively, he was you know, really being ignored a lot. So I want to see how that flows. And I also want to see what Cam Reddish does. He had 40% usage on you know, 50%, I think it was, or actually 75% three-point shooting. Numbers which have no chance of sticking. And we've seen these big performances in game one that they revert a lot in game two. Jalen Brown went from excellent to terrible. Players go bad in game one and good in game two. This shit changes all the time, right? So let's see what Reddish can do. Let's. It's more important to see what his minutes are and what the shot distribution looks like. If he's playing 20 minutes again, then you go, well, maybe that's not going to be useful enough for 12-team leagues. If he starts pushing to 27, 28 minutes, then yeah, it gets more interesting. Yeah, 20-point pop-off in 20 minutes is absolutely unreplicable. But if you start pushing into more minutes, that's where it becomes more interesting. For the Cavs, they're continuing to start Lowry Markkinen. So let's continue to watch how that looks. And let's also pay some attention to um, to Jarrett Allen, who, of course, had that really big uh, opening night performance. He wasn't anywhere near as good, not surprisingly, in game two. Um, let's see. Do they keep persisting with this three-big-man lineup that they have been going with? I, I don't know. But we want to see how that all looks together. For the Heat and the Pacers, we want to watch Tyler Hero. He was excellent off the bench. I'm not sure he can keep up that level of shooting with that level of usage, but he's going to have a massive run early on, at least until Victor Oladipo comes back. He is better than Oladipo, so he will play over Oladipo, but it might cut a little bit into what he does when he returns. Let's see how his role continues to look in a game where they're not winning by like 40 points like that game against the Bucks, And also Kyle Lowry, who people are really disappointed with because he shot like one of six and he played like 24 minutes. He had that slight ankle tweak. I don't even know if he's going to play in this game. Um, but we want to watch how he looks. The assist was still fine. He still did his defensive thing. While for the Pacers, it is a back-to-back for them. They have lost both of their uh, initial games. I'm recording this just after the end of their game against the Wizards. So bonus has been excellent in both games. He is shooting at an astonishingly high level. Like the percentages are out of control. There is going to be a drop-off. But yeah, mate, the concerns that I had of how it would all work with him under Rick Kyler... It looks like they're fine. Looks like there's no problem with that at all. He's putting up big numbers. He's playing a shit ton of minutes. That has more. The whole team is playing a shit ton of minutes. That's getting me a little bit worried. We'll see what they do on this um, 
on this back-to-back while Chris Duarte. Let's watch him. He wasn't as good in Game 2 versus Game 1. He was still pretty yeah, pretty useful. And adding the assists and the steals, he's going to have value, at least until Levert comes back and maybe until both Levert and Warren come back. So there is enough value in him to, to remain a pretty solid option. The Mavs and the Raptors, do they use Reggie Bullock more? Actually, the number one thing I want to watch for is can Jason Kidd coach at all? Or can they do anything that's solid? Because we saw Reggie Bullock barely play in that opening night game. I thought he'd get at least a, a mid-20s role when he played like 15 minutes. So what does he look like? And also Jalen Brunson, who played a lot of those minutes that I thought Bullock would get. Brunson played next to Doncic a lot. He looked pretty solid. He's probably just more going to be a 14 to 16 team league guy. But let's see how that Bullock-Brunson combination goes. For the Raptors, a back-to-back for them. Scotty Barnes, I thought was a little bit disappointing in game one. I think he had like one assist and six turnovers. Game two, he was unbelievably good. He was really, really good. Um, looked fantastic out there in a demolition of Boston, although the whole team looked good as well. And that extends to Gary Trent, who scored well and got a lot of steals. Now, you know I'm not the biggest fan of Trent from a category fantasy point of view. In a points league, he was a hold. I, I don't believe that he is a, a nine-cat must-hold guy, even after that performance from him on Friday, just because he's going to be up and down, and it is really just that one category that the point and threes, to be honest, points and threes that he does uh, excel at, and he's not going to be consistent. Um, oh, let's see how he does two games in a row. He's back starting now with Dragic on the bench. I don't know why they went with that weird lineup for game one with Dragic starting. And let's see what Barnes can do, who is in obviously a great situation with Siakam out at the moment. Uh, maybe they keep Barnes starting when Pascal returns. I don't know, but he looked really good in game two. Pretty. Uh, Pretty clearly, I would say uh, that he looked good in that um, in that matchup, guys. We like to thank McDonald's for sponsoring today's show. McDonald's has been around for years. We all know McDonald's has been a part of our life, and it's always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can reconnect, whether that's your calling into Macca's after school, whether it's after your sporting events and achievements, whether it's attending birthday parties. We all have these memories of a place, of Macca's being a place, not only where we get the food, but just of of memories. And yeah, as you get older, you have those memories that you have with your kids and you take them there and all that sort of stuff. Macca's has just been a part of life for forever, basically. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and to reconnect. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Am I? Maybe I am. All right. Let's go on to the next game. It is the Pelicans and the Timberwolves. They started, the Pelicans, that is, started Herb Jones on Friday. This is a back-to-back for them. Um, This is with Josh Hart out. I don't imagine Josh Hart plays on Saturday. Will they go back to Jones? Can Trey Murphy get a role? This is what confuses me a lot, right? Is you play the preseason, you give these gigantic roles to players, like what they were doing with Murphy, who plays unbelievably well in those roles. And then you get to the the regulars. And I understand that precedence for trying things out. But when you try something out and it works, why do you go away from it? So will they give Murphy minutes? Decent minutes? Solid minutes? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And then what are they going to do with Kyra Lewis? Is he going to play? They're playing Sadoransky over him, but he's just not playing at all. So I don't want to see whether Lewis can actually get into the rotation and do anything. Not anything, because that's obviously horrible English. Anything. Um, Minnesota. I want to watch Jaden McDaniels, who had like seven steals and blocks combined last game. Most of that in the first half. Is that able to continue? Probably, actually, definitely not. And Josh Okogie, I thought, was really important defensively for them. And he had two steals and two blocks in that game. So what, you know, those, I imagine they're going to start again. I don't think there's any need to change that. But can they continue to bring that same level of defensive um, ability? For the Pistons, 
They're taking on the Chicago Bulls. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. I was a little bit annoyed at the low minutes for Isaiah Stewart in game one. I think, yeah, I was impressed with what he did. I just want him to play more. So let's watch how that splits. Also, same goes for Kelly Linick, whose minutes were low. I thought we'd get a little bit more crossover between these two. And I want to watch Killian Hayes. He was dreadful in game one. I actually fully expect Corey Joseph to play more minutes than Killian Hayes in this game. Let's see, can we get, can Killian Hayes make a shot, actually, because he literally missed every shot that he took. Um, and can he do anything? Because he is looking terrible at the moment. We saw glimpses at the end of last season, but back to looking shit house at the moment. For the Bulls, they're coming off that back-to-back after playing the Pelicans. I want to pay attention to DeRozan. Again, just the fit with DeRozan, Levine, uh, Ball, and, and Vucevic. And then Caruso. How many minutes does Caruso get? Is he closing games over Patrick Williams? Can he have anything more than stream value? The Bucks and the Spurs is the next game for us to take a look at. Milwaukee were obviously destroyed in that game against Miami. There is a chance that uh, Drew Holiday is back, but Bobby Portis and uh, Brooke Lopez are both out. So we're going to get that center scenario of, you know, Sandro Mamakalashvili, probably Connaughton starting with Yanni moving across. But, you know, there's opportunities there for Allen and Grayson Allen and Jordan Wara, who were a little bit down, like literally everybody against Miami. Can they bounce back? Well, for the Spurs, Keldon Johnson, we know he's going to get a lot of shots and he's going to get usage, but can he do anything more? And can he do that scoring efficiently? And then Devin Vassell, who was impressive in game one. Let's see what he's able to do, which will be game three this one. Can he firmly establish himself as a 12-team league option? The Suns and the Blaze as well. For the Suns, who knows what's going on with this report about Robert Sava coming out, if it's coming out, when it's coming out. Will we have that news before this game? Does it impact the Suns at all? Uh, I don't know. This will be a back-to-back for Phoenix. Um, let's watch DeAndre Ayton and his three-point attempts. I think that's really key and how aggressive he can be and how many minutes that Monty Williams decides to play him. Well, Devin Booker in game one was not great. Uh, I'm recording this before they play against the Lakers, so I don't know exactly what he's going to be like in that one. And then for the Blazers, I want to see what Larry Nance does. He was in some foul trouble, but his minutes were very low, which tied into how they were in the preseason. I think he's really close to being a drop. If he's playing 21 minutes a night, there's no point in holding on to him. And let's see how that goes. And then Norman Powell. Powell's value is scoring in high minutes on high efficiency. But in Portland, he has not been able to replicate that high efficiency. I'm not dropping him, but let's wait and see. Maybe we trend towards that direction at some point. The Clippers and the Grizzlies. Let's watch Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain! There you go, without touching the mic. Um, He was awesome in game one. Absolutely awesome. Can he continue that? What will the minutes look like between him and Melton? And then Kyle Anderson, I think, is important to watch as well. He put up a really strong line, but the minutes were low. I'm more interested to see what the role is. Is he a a 21-minute-a-night guy? That's hard to roster. Can he push back to 27? I don't know how they're going to use him yet. Well, for the Clippers, we got that impressive performance from Eric Bledsoe in game one. I think he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. I also want to see how Reggie Jackson looks, who played a shit ton of minutes. The shots didn't go in, but he played a lot. And that's super important. I think Reggie should probably still be a 12-team league guy. But how those two guys go together, I think, is, um, is pretty important for us to pay attention to. 
as we uh, as we move forward. Guys, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar. Whatever your favorite flavor, cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, caramel, mint brownie, they've got the best flavors out there for protein bars. And they're also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. And you can get your Built Bars right now for 15% off. Head to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off the best tasting protein bars ever. That's, of course, Built Bar. So Built.com, use that promo code LOCKED15. All right, let's look at some streaming options. Nine category league streamers. Grayson Allen, I think, is a really solid stream. These guys are available in 50% or more of using our advanced metric. Uh, Alex Caruso, Jay Crowder, Dorian Finney-Smith, who was not very good at all in game one, but there is streaming value there. Devin Vassell, Dwight Powell, if you're looking for some big men, and Dougie McDermott for the Spurs could be an okay streamer. For the deeper leagues, these are rostered in far fewer leagues. Crowder and Powell, very low roster percentage. Same as McDermott. I'm also looking at Cam Johnson in Phoenix. Jalen Brunson in Dallas, JaVale McGee in Phoenix, Jackson Hayes in New Orleans, and Corey Joseph in Detroit. Well, for points leagues, let's look at Eric. These are all rostered in under 50% of Yahoo leagues. Eric Bledsoe, Terrence Mann, Ravishing Rick Rubio, Desmond Bain, Marcus Morris Sr., Grayson Allen, Devin Vassell, and Jay Crowder. Guys, oops, didn't, didn't mean to push that. That will do it for today's show. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Guys, YouTube, thumb it up, leave a comment, subscribe. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.